Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 129 of Getting It Out Podcast. That was Skeleton with Mark of Death. That's off of their uh, album that I, th- I believe uh, is out now. You should be able to get it now. I think it's a self-titled record. It's coming out on 20 bucks spin, which uh, so this, that, that should be enough information right there for you to know that it's going to be awesome. Uh, yeah, it comes out July 10th, so that's today. 
at earliest. Um, and it's, you know, we, obviously you could just hear it's, it's building off of what Iron Age seems to have established in Texas quite a while ago at this point. Iron Age, let's say, let's say they did it with constant struggle. They started to uh, combine hardcore and metal, uh, also known as crossover, right? But they did it differently. And then they evolved that with uh with with the record after that was that the way is narrow i forget what it was called the sleeping eye one of the one of the other two whatever they 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 started to make the sound other bands followed suit uh power trip kind of went off in the crossover direction um but everybody's always been combining these things creeping death has been doing this death metal uh hardcore uh heavy metal whatever and and here's skeleton kind of doing the same thing leading a little bit more towards punk and black metal but all out of Texas, and all very cool, and kind of an amalgamation of all the best underground music genres, at least in my opinion. So, if you want to hear more from Skeleton, you can do so right now uh, via 20 bucks spin for their self-titled record. Go find it now. There's a couple of singles off of this one. Catacombs was one. The Sword was another. But this is the one I liked best, Mark of Death, and uh, that's what you just heard there. Anyway, if you haven't noticed, there's a lot going on in this episode. A lot of different things happening on episode 129. Um, I'm going to cover several different music genres on on here. Um, mostly all underground music. I, Mushroom Head might be hard to classify as underground as they are quite popular and have been for nearly 20 years now. Um, and uh, kind of a surprise it might be for you, and it was a surprise for me to have them featured as a guest here, Skinny Mac to be exact. Um, just not a band that's, uh, that's, that's usually on the underground music radar as they've kind of, uh, got, they've kind of risen from, from that delineation. Probably at their height in the early 2000s in the new metal craze, but they're still going. And they just recently put out a new record called It's a Wonderful Life, and we're going to talk all about that. I also have on uh, Will Hinkle from LMI. LMI is a band that's kind of hard to describe. They're out of Lansdale, Pennsylvania. They play punk rock. They play hardcore. They play uh, some kind of form of heavy metal. I asked him to describe his band, and I believe he said it's a heavy band, and that cannot be argued. They also recently released a record there. It's called Excess Subconscious, and uh, we talked all about that. So two interviews on this episode, two very different uh, styles of music, two very different um, ends of the spectrum as far as popularity, but, um, but that's kind of why I wanted to combine them. Get some eyes on both who probably wouldn't listen to the other, right? That's that's what we're doing here on Getting It Out Podcast, at least this fucking week. All right, let's do the intro. Okay, so here we are. Another episode uh, might sound a little different on this one, recording from a different location in a different basement, temporarily in a different basement. Um, and I'm also holding the mic, which I, I've never I've never done before. I'm holding the mic. I didn't feel like bringing all of my stuff uh, over to this place to set it up. So actually, the only thing I didn't bring was the microphone arm. And you know what? I think I probably did bring it. I just didn't bring it downstairs. So yeah, anyway. If I sound a little different, if I'm, if maybe I'm a little louder, I don't have my uh, mic screen up, uh, I don't have anything keeping me away from screaming into this fucking thing, then I apologize. But the interviews were done the old way, so you don't got to worry about that. As I said 
two interviews in this episode, two very different for several reasons. Uh, <laughs> one high energy, one a little lower energy, one uh, a little more mainstream, one pretty much not mainstream at all. One, um, you know, that was done in the evening, one that was done in the morning. Details you didn't know, but now you do. Um, but yeah, that's 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 what's up with this one. Mushroom head. That's 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 a bizarre one to get, but. I can't turn that stuff down. You know, when those types of things come across, I got to check into it. And as I've done with music over the last uh, several years, I go back and I re-listen. And sometimes the thing that I thought sucked before was kind of just me being a jackass. And it's not that different from uh, other things that I do like. So I uh, gave Mushroomhead another run and uh, not a bad band at all. So, uh, you know, here we are in this episode talking to Skinny Mac. His name, real name Steve Felton. But uh, refer to him as skinny on this one. And uh, he's a super pleasant guy. And I think that's that's something you see with, uh, with something I've noticed doing these interviews with more uh, career musicians, or at least on the outside career musicians, is that they know how to do these things. They know how to have these conversations. They know how to do these interviews. And uh, it makes it it makes it makes uh, pretty a pretty enjoyable experience. But it always makes you like the band a little more. So I was more than happy to do this Mushroom Head interview with Skinny. And uh, I'm glad that it's done, and I'm glad you guys can listen to it. You can make up your own fucking mind, but uh, I decided I like the band. I definitely like the guy, and uh, that's it. That's it for this one. Also, as I mentioned, Will from LMI is on this episode. Uh, Will and I have been trying to uh, hook up for an interview for a while, and we finally worked it out, and I'm glad we did. We did that on a Sunday morning, so it was a a very relaxed. It was a very (laughs) low-tempo, relaxed interview, but you're going to hear that here as well. Um, they actually just put out a great new record called Excess Subconscious. I say that wrong. I want to say Excessive Subconsciousness, but that's not what it is. It's Excess Subconscious. Uh, I need to get a copy of that myself. I saw it was released on vinyl, so I need to track that down. Um, or you can just track that down and send it to me. Buy me stuff, all right? Everybody, buy me records. I'm almost done listening to my entire record collection. I've been doing this since coronavirus started. Um, I checked today. I'm almost to 850 records without repeating one so uh i got a few 12 inches left um but not many i'm I'm, i'd say less than i'd say less than 30 less than 20 maybe seven inches i still got a probably a couple hundred to go because seven inch listen to seven inches are kind of a pain in the ass but you know you got to do it um yeah so uh i i I don't want to tell you where i'm broadcasting from now uh, but I, I do want to tell you because I want to brag a little bit that it's actually next door to Lady Gaga's ex-boyfriend's mom's old house. And I know that sounds like a lie. I know you think there's no way you're actually near Lady Gaga's ex-boyfriend's mom's old house, but I totally am. Okay. And the other day, the people that moved into Lady Gaga's ex-boyfriend's mom's old house, uh, their dog leash got stuck on my wife's, uh, license plate frame. And um, they knocked on our door to try to get it out. And I'm not saying I was starstruck. In fact, I didn't see them at all. My wife dealt with them. And I don't think she was starstruck either. Because, in fact, they are just the people that live in Lady Gaga's ex-boyfriend's mom's old house. But, you know, just not bragging. Just saying. Um, Some people think that the Getting It Out podcast doesn't make any money. And uh, while they're right, they also need to know that I do sometimes stay near... Lady Gaga's ex-boyfriend's mom's house, old house. She doesn't live here anymore, and I'm I'm not sure what her, I'm not sure what her son is called or what his name is, but I think he, <laughs> I think he's famous. So there. 
uh, put that in your pipe and do whatever you would like with it. Um, so what else is happening? Oh, so the first night we were here, we watched The Shining. My wife and I watched The Shining and we realized that neither of us had probably ever actually watched The Shining before. And the only reason we did it is because we unknowingly watched Dr. Sleep. Uh, well, I said we, wa- we knowingly watched Dr. Sleep recently, but we did not know going into it that it was a sequel to The Shining. And uh, yeah, uh, Shining sucks. Who? who all right. I, I know why now. I know now why I felt like I never watched it before because it's so boring. I must have fallen. We, we literally fell asleep within the first 15 minutes and woke each other up and decided we, we needed to finish it. We had to, you know, this is a, it's something we, we got into. We actually paid to watch it. So we had to do it. And look, I understand that uh, Jack Nicholson is a good actor. And I like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and uh, he's probably in another good movie somewhere along the line. But The Shining is not one of them. And that woman is uh, the worst. I don't have to say much more about that. She can't swing a bat to save her life. She can't run. She runs like my daughter. My daughter, she runs like my daughter when my daughter was three, okay? Um, she, she, she's the worst. That kid, boy, is he annoying. A little dramatic thing. Um yeah, I know. The Shining sucks. I, I know we're all supposed to like Stanley Kubrick, um, but, uh, you know, not so hot. It's just a, you know, it's a, it's, it's, uh, it's boring, okay? That's what it is. Um, but anyway, enough of my shit talk. I've talked for far too long on this episode. Let's just get into both of these interviews. First, though, I'm going to play you Seen It All by Mushroom Head, and then you're going to listen to my conversation with their drummer, Skinny Mac.
Hello. Hello. Hey, hey how's it going? How are you? Good, how are you? Excellent. Excellent. How's it going this afternoon? Oh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> kind of slow. It's been good though. I, I not. I can't complain. It's it's really hot outside. So. Yeah, it is here too. You're in what Cleveland, right, or somewhere about that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I'm over here in uh, Pennsylvania, and it's, it's it looks very hot. I don't know. I haven't gone out there. My daughter's out there. They're running around in bathing suits, so I assume it's it's hot enough for that. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely that weather for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, um, so what about what I go? What do you go by now here? Skinny Steve? Which one? Yeah, Skinny will work. If you say Steve, no one knows who <laughs> you're talking. About. All right, how you doing, Skinny? I already asked you that three times now. Yeah, hey man, no no worries. Um, again, I'm doing pretty good, you know, considering all this craziness that's going on in the world, right? Yeah. What yeah. a what a strange time. What a strange time to be alive. I mean, I'm glad we're seeing it. You know, more for the the experience. You know, for for all of us, I guess. You know, for humanity. Hopefully, we learn something from all this. <laughs> oh, I think we got it. It's been a it's been a bizarre year, but you know, I guess, like you said, it's kind of exciting. It really is <laughs> crazy time to be alive. I was like, if it's the end of the world, at least I get to see it. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's very true. But, uh, but uh, I mean, you want to get your record out before that happens, right? Yeah, I think I got time now. I was worried last month, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. But yeah, it comes out a week from Friday, man. Time flies. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of time flying, I was I was just thinking. I was looking at like the discography, and I was thinking when Mushroom Head first came on my radar, I was I would say I was in. I was one of my first years in high school, maybe like early early two thousands, which is I you know it came out two thousand one, right? That one that the record that everybody that kind of got your everybody's attention. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The Universal album Double uh, X. Yeah, there was a, a different version before that, but yeah, the year two thousand two thousand one was when uh, the world kind of got turned on to Mushroom Head. We had uh, three albums before that, and a lot of underground you know success if you'll call it that right. well, that, <laughs> but yeah 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 but that was about when we broke and then we were on the new metal scene yeah and that's <laughs> and that's where i that's where i first came across you of course and and but it's but it, to me it's just crazy to think about that that being i was probably 15 years old then and here i am 35 and still talking mushroom head right right on yeah it's crazy man this year will be 27 years of mushroom head uh on stage if we get to do a, a show this year that'll be, be nice. yeah i guess you have to be seen you're 27 man so it's crazy that's awesome and um you got so you guys got started very early on and uh and i've noticed i i was just thinking about this when i when i knew i was going to talk to you as like another another band from cleveland um, I seem to feel I feel like I have a lot of people on here from Cleveland, and I'm starting to think maybe Cleveland's been a little underrated uh, as far as uh, at least at least metal goes. Um, I mean, I've had you know like Integrity, In Cold Blood, Frail, all sorts of different uh, different heavy bands from Cleveland, and I'm wondering if, if am I just now catching on to something that should have been pretty obvious? You know, we used to say in the late late 90s early 2000s that it was definitely a kind of an underrated scene that was happening um we were just kind of getting glanced over because well it's cleveland so <laughs> no one takes any of it serious right. you know the joke of the world us in detroit right <laughs> so uh you know i it, it, it there has been and you you meant you mentioned a lot of the cool hardcore stuff yeah. you know there's a lot of you know cool cool music all the way around like keel hall was really big obviously chimera you know uh or Shyamra, however you want to say yeah. it, uh, but you know, um, it, it definitely I think kind of an underrated scene. A lot of a lot of talent, 
Um, and, you know, and then obviously things changed and things went real digital and then it became more of a hip hop scene. But uh, there's some people still holding down the metal scene here in Cleveland. God bless them. Yeah. I mean, what else is there to do? I don't know. <laughs> because, <laughs> in, in Cleveland? <laughs> Not much. <laughs> you know, I, why, why do we give Cleveland so much shit? I don't know. I've, honestly, I've never been. And uh, like I said, all, all I know is uh, the good music that came from there. And, you know, a little bit of a sports disaster city, but that's all right. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of what it's known for. I mean, it, it's got the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. For what reason? I'm not sure. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, odd place. I get, I get, yeah, well, I get it as far as, you know, it was, you know, it was coined here and blah, blah, blah. But they don't do any of the, you know, a lot of a lot of the presentations are, aren't aren't presented here you know the awards and that type of thing so you know whatever i and, and god bless it i i've been here pretty much my whole life and you know i, I can't shit talk it but boy does everyone else yeah. <laughs> yeah it's kind of uh kind of one of those things like i said uh, i know why we, i know we say it but i don't know why we say it this is kind of one of those ingrained right. let's shit talk cleveland for no reason yeah right yeah i think it's just it's just how it goes we're the we're, we're that joke <laughs> So it's, it's okay. We heard it a million times before. That's the fun part. Yeah, there you go. Well, um, aside from that, you guys, you guys have been able to to have quite the quite the career coming out of there. And I guess at this point, you yourself are the only original member. Not that that matters so much, but um, but to, to, you know, what we said, it's a wonderful life. Drops uh, drops next Friday. Is this thing? Did this? Did you exceed your expectations at this point with Mushroomhead? You know, I, when Mushroomhead started, it was literally just a studio project. Yeah. So it was meant to be extremely experimental. We didn't really know what we were doing um, or really what we were going for. We were just making art and throwing this style song and that style song. If you listen to that first album, it is very much all over the place. Sure. And uh, it, it really, the cohesiveness is, is kind of far and few between, but there's just some cool, dark elements that, that happened that were inspiring enough to keep it going. And then you get into the next album, Super Buick and M3, and they get a little bit more serious about those dark elements. And, you know, I, I never really thought about, oh, we need to, you know, make this band last forever or it, it was just, it's always been such an experimental thing. It's kind of like a lot of, a, a bunch of Dr. Frankenstein's getting together and creating a monster Yeah, and the thing just got loose. You know what I mean? It really, really, uh, it's not that it exceeded the expectations, but it create took on a life of its own. Sure. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Um, do, do, are you able, uh, do you listen to those old records? Do you, can you listen to your old music and enjoy it, or are you too, too critical? Or is there? No, I, I'm pretty critical. There's a few records that still stand because I'll listen to it, you know, to just to go back and you know, just kind of look at, at what I did and see if there's anything really inspiring about, uh, you know, what what happened with them. But um, sometimes it's really hard to, as an artist, you know, when when I've got the producer hat on, it's a lot easier. Um, but as an artist, it's, you just, it's the shoulda, coulda, woulda game. It's like, oh, I should have did a fill there. I should have, <laughs> yeah. you become, you know, now I'm the drummer when I'm listening. Uh, when I'm listening as a producer, I'm listening for different things, you know, as far as production value and, you know, like overall compression, you know, of the drum bus and things of that nature. So I, I listened two different ways. But as an artist, I have a hard time listening. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because, like, the way you're talking about listening as a producer, um, 
I don't have that ear and most of us don't. So when, when people, you know, like yourself hear that stuff and comment on that stuff, it's so funny because it's so, it's obvious, it's so obvious to you guys, but to the rest of us, we're fucking clueless. You know, we don't, we, you know, we don't, we don't hear anything like that, but, uh, right. But it, right. Depends what you're listening for, you know, and where your ears are actually trained, you know, and, and unfortunately mine lend to be more of the producer. And it's funny working with myself as a drummer, I fire me constantly. I say it during the sessions all the time. Like, get this, this fucking drummer, man. They're too busy. Another Phil Jesus. You know what I mean? It's like, get rid of this stuff. Make some space. So <laughs> it's funny as I fire myself throughout the session. These guys really, really understand. You know, it's not just them. There's nothing personal. It's all for the song. It's all for the better of, of the end result. Right? You know, trust me. I promise you. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, again, to answer your question, as a drummer, it's tough to listen to my drumming for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, you you, you mentioned that like to listen to those early albums that you, you're kind of all over the place. Maybe not, you know, not necessarily a bad way, but you know, and and it's I think that's kind of one thing that uh, you gracefully evolved into. Where Mushroom Head is it has a lot of these sounds. It's difficult to put a. I don't know what genre we call Mushroom Head anymore. I don't know what we if we if anybody's ever got it right because I don't know that you you fit into something exactly. And I think that's kind of uh, part of the charm about it. And uh, yeah, go ahead. I know. I agree. Thank you for for noticing because I, you know, it, I think if anything, the hardcore Marshmallow fans has, you know, accepted to expect the unexpected, and um, you know, part of the the evolution has been the experimenting, you know, over the years, and I, I think that's what's kind of developed into the sound is the experimentation of it all to where you don't know what you're going to get next. Yeah, and I think that I I also think that the the uh, the ability to to transcend between um, you know subgenres of subgenres of subgenres whatever it's got to be largely beneficial, right? Yeah, yeah, to some degree for sure. It's it's strange when people say it's new metal or it's alternative or it's this or that. And I've been calling it a, a junk drawer of sound for years, so. Uh, it's really got a little bit of everything, some broken stuff, some stuff that just got fixed, whatever, some brand new stuff. Uh, we like to compare the whole thing, though, a little bit with the Mushroom Head presentation. You know, it, it, in the end, end of the day, it's entertainment. We like to be entertained as much as we like entertaining. Right. And we, we really look at it more of the the, the mentality of a Mortal Kombat or a Star Wars, if you will, you know. Um, it, it's, it, it's definitely like one thing. It's kind of its own universe. Characters change, styles change slightly, but it always maintains its, its dark, creepy doominess, no matter what. Um, and like I said, characters come and go or yeah. every, and they you modify and look a little bit better or, you know, everything's just a little bit more crisp and dynamic. And, uh, you know, we, we, like I said, we, we like to entertain as be entertained as much as we like to entertain. Sure, and that's obvious, and that's very obvious with your with with your band, your aesthetic. Um, like you mentioned, it, it evolves. But if if I were to look at a picture of uh, Mushroom Head when I first was introduced to Mushroom Head twenty years ago, and Mushroom Head now, I think without being told, I'd probably understand that that's the same band. Um, right on. Cool. And, um, and but but like, like you mentioned, the characters change, members change. Um, the this this album um, is. It's not your first album with all, all of these singers, but it's your first one with all of them together, correct? 
Correct. Yeah. Yeah. This, this, this triple threat, we call it. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did you get to this point with all three of the, all three of your singers? Well, you know, Jackie was a, um, a gradual evolution thing. She's been around for about six years with us. Uh, she recorded one of the tracks on Righteous and the Butterfly in 2014. It was called We Are the Truth. And we did an alternative version for it. And we played that one live a lot. Her band, Unset Fate, did a lot of touring with us. So we you know, would bring her out and we'd do that tune every night. And we saw a huge response uh, just in the crowd and just, you know, uh, just in the energy she brought to the stage. So we asked her if she'd interested in doing some more stuff with us. And the uh, Game of Thrones track uh, was next. We were fortunate to do a track for the Catch the Throne mixtape. And the song was called Among the Crows. And she does the hook in that. And it's, just a, it's a really cool, heavy, in-your-face tune with a really strong, powerful uh, chorus. And she does the hook on it. And then from there, it was pretty pretty obvious. She said, hey, let's, let's do some more on the new shroom. And she said, cool. And... I think she's on five out of 13 tracks um a couple of them she's showcased really heavy yeah. like the we just released the heresy and others she's just kind of um you know like doing a harmony with stevie or a cool whispery thing or a little nursery rhyme gimmick and uh just her ability and tone creates so much texture and dynamic and it just adds that whole flavor that we were just simply didn't have the ability to do before. So we really, really, really had a had a had a blast um, working this album with her for sure. Well, that's awesome, and 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 I, I really appreciate how, uh, like you mentioned, five out of thirteen. It's not all thirteen, yeah. and and I I don't mean that negatively. I just mean that you know just because well, you have them doesn't mean you need to use them all. You know, and I think some I, bands that, do that. Yeah, no, that is exactly, it doesn't have to be his part, her part, her part. It's like, what is that that part of, what is that music saying to you? Do you whose voice do you hear? So it was really interesting to, to play with those abilities and those writing styles this time around. Now, granted, not every song was done that way, but there were some things that had music, and it was like, oh, well, that's an obvious J part, or man, I wonder what Stevie would do to this, or oh, I totally hear a creepy Jackie right there, you know, it was, really fun and those guys they all work together really well and are, are really willing to uh you know take leads and experiment and you know if uh, they'll lay their idea down and they'll be like, all right well cool what, what's your idea you know they very much want to hear um they just want to collaborate man those guys are all three of them are great to work with and i think it shows on this album man there's some really strong moments yeah for sure and um with, like so that's that's an obvious thing that's that's different about it's a wonderful life but is there anything else that is going to jump right out at uh, mushroomhead fans for this record that they're going to see is or hear is different well you know uh, part of it the, the album the original 13 tracks and even with the the bonus tracks uh, we added four bonus yeah. tracks so that's that's a huge difference right there it this album is with the bonus tracks almost 71 minutes long so there for the hardcore mushroomhead fan is like that's almost two albums for them yeah. i mean we barely hit 50 minutes most of the time you know 40 for sure but you know not much after that so it's an it's an extended length album but one of the things i think will stand out is some of the choir pieces um that we bookended the album with uh those were inspired by there's a song on the album called pulse and in a section of that towards the end we had an actual choir come in 16 piece choir and we tracked him at the studio here and uh once well, once we were setting them up to come track, we were like, well, we're going to have 16 people here. So Dr. F and I were like, well, we should have them do something else. So we just 
just um, a, a requiem uh, approach, if you will. And so basically we had the opportunity to record all these guys. So Ryan, Dr. F wrote those three extra choir pieces and we weren't sure if we would use them or not. Um, but they're, they're all based on, you know, all the requiems that have been done uh, throughout the years. I mean, you know, Mozart and Brahms, they've, you know, all done their own. So, you know, Ryan utilized a lot of the Latin text, mm-hmm. um, for, you know, for the Mass for the Dead. And he, he, he took a lot of the cool or heavy, dark lyrics uh, and put them put them in. So uh, make a long story short, they, the choir was supposed to come in to sing one part on Pulse, which came out awesome. It's like our Aussie moment for a second on the album. I love that yeah. one. And uh, we had an opportunity to record more because we had it for like a couple hours. And they were really cool. Uh, the Cleveland Chamber Choir is uh who did it for us and uh they appear like i said throughout the album and it starts and ends that way so i think um there's a little bit more of a cohesive theme than ever before and uh the first song on the album is actually called a requiem for tomorrow so there's a little bit of uh depth like i said on on the theme of it all because we look at it as a as a work of music and you know we call it you know our requiem for humanity so um kind of you know just a little play on words there but uh yeah i think the, the hardcore fan shroom fan will appreciate that because it's a little different yeah it's a nice touch and and you mentioned the the uh the bonus tracks i was going to ask you about that because this is a this is a big it's a big record you know in the because that's the way i got it to listen to too it's seven, 17 tracks um and but like you said four of those are bonus tracks but you know when i listen to it i don't I don't see, I don't hear maybe what is so different about these. So what makes them the bonus tracks? Okay, so really it, it's, you know, a, a matter of what everyone's feeling that would make a 13, you know, track album. Um, some of those pieces were just a little incomplete to us. Okay. So they were mixed last. Right. And it was like, well, well, we'll pay the least attention to those. And we, we stayed on schedule with our mixes and everything came out, you know, cohesive so we're like well let's mix those two and uh i i think they're they're really fun they're they're very mushroom head the uh track called another ghost is one of my favorite on the album it was one of my favorite on the writing session it just when it comes in has such a good slutty guitar riff that uh it's good and it's mean it bounces you will definitely hear that one live for sure nice i don't think i've ever heard the term slutty guitar riff before (laughs) yeah yeah we we got one man (laughs) Um, so speaking of favorites, I know it's a weird thing to ask or kind of unfair, but do you have a favorite song on this record? Uh, right now, currently, I'm going to go with The Heresy. Okay. Uh, a couple reasons why. Obviously, the video came out dope. I'm real Just happy last with week, that. Right? Yeah, yeah. I'm real happy with that. I, I, I love the way it came out. Um, it was down to the wire. We did editing, you know, for... 17 hour runs but uh you know got it turned in in time and real happy with the way it looks but uh every time i hear that song uh it takes me right back to abbey road where jackie sang those vocals because all of her vocals in that in that song were recorded at abbey road so every time i hear that opening line man i'm sitting right in that studio uh you know where they recorded uh, dark side of the moon it, it's just so nostalgic and it, it's crazy but you know, like it, there's a lot of songs you hear and you remember a certain point in your life. And, you know, like when you were a kid or first time you heard Metallica or whatever. And uh, so every time I hear that song, it's like, boom, I, I'm sitting right in that control room. So it, it, it that that one's that one's going to be with me for a minute. Wow, I, I didn't know that's where you guys recorded uh, parts of this album. 
Yeah, Stevie's Mr. Rock Horse vocals on the end of that that track I was just talking about, Pulse. That's all at uh, Abbey Road too. Oh, very cool. How'd that happen? We were touring the UK, and believe it or not, the first time around, I just hit up my tour manager. I was like, "Hey, we're gonna be in London in three days. Why don't you cold call Abbey Road and just see if they got a room available?" And sure as shit, they did. <laughs> <laughs> And an engineer and everything, and uh, his name is Paul Pritchard, amazing engineer. And so the second time we were on tour in London, uh, which was like a year and a half ago, or maybe it was just last year, I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was last summer. Um, we called up and actually asked for Paul, and he was available the same day we were there. We played London that night both times, so we only had like, you know, from about 10 a.m. to 4 in the afternoon sessions. But yeah, it ended up on the album. It's great. Nice, and that, that just goes to show. Sometimes you just got to ask. You know, sometimes the the thing yeah. that seems hard to do, you just ask them. Yeah, no, you can't win if you don't play, man. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, you know if you're presented any opportunity in life, man, try, seize the day. At least, at least go for right. it. And, and sure enough, man, it paid off. Yeah, that's very cool. Why? Why did? You, why did? You, why is this record called "It's a Wonderful Life"? Well, isn't it? <laughs> I I guess so. I mean, that, exactly, and that's that's the whole point right there, a wonderful life. And you can say, is it or isn't it, you know, and you know, you can take it literally, you can take it satirically, you can apply it to your life so many ways, and, you know, the best thing about it is it's up to the listener, man. It's open for interpretation. Is the glass half full, half empty, you know, what kind of day is it going to be, you know? Yeah. Is it a wonderful life because it's beautiful, or isn't it a wonderful life because I just locked my keys in the car, you know, that type of thing. So. <laughs> Everyone can relate to it, and um, you know we, we we just like to leave it open to opportunity. We say it all the time, you know. That's <laughs> very good. I like that. I like that answer. The the with when this comes out next week, what are you most looking forward to with the release of this? I know you can't obviously you can't go on tour to support it at the moment, um, but it, you know, I don't, is, it, is it just having other people finally hear it, or I don't know. Was, yeah. No, absolutely. I, I, you know, it, it's definitely something to be proud of. It's been a minute since we put out any new material. Yeah, five years, right? And, yeah, five plus six on a full album. Yeah. Uh, the twenty fifteen was the Game of Thrones track, but uh, you know, we 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 worked pretty hard on it over the course of uh, you know the last two years, and uh, I'm happy with the result. And I just, you know, I, it'll just be nice to actually have it out. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm really looking forward to doing more videos. We we do all this stuff in house, and it it it's kind of you know the the big reward at the end of the day to set you know video to the music that you just produced. So uh, you know I, I'm blessed to be able to create every day, and I'm really really looking forward to putting some video together to all the audio. Yeah, I, I, obviously I believe that with how much how much you guys focus on the visual, um, and I think it's I think it's kind of underappreciated sometimes because obviously there's not a lot of bands who put as much into it as you guys do and uh i, I think it's i think but i think the people who love it love it you know yeah yeah absolutely man people people who get it get it absolutely you know i i hear that a lot like you know i didn't really get you guys till i till i came and seen you live and you know i, I definitely have a different appreciation for what it is that you do so you know a little bit of it you know people that have heard of us you know and maybe you know try try dipping your toes in and get your feet wet on this album please right. Well, so has the uh, has this pandemic screwed anything up for you guys? I mean, you know, it was pretty challenging doing the videos right off the rip because you know, in March, whenever that video came out, it, everything had just uh, 
everything had just shut down, so there was no renting lights, no renting, you know, dollies or track or any equipment, uh, even renting any, like, getting extra help. So when you look at that scene at all video, uh, the way it's done and shot and edited, almost every single person is alone. Yeah. Uh, we, we locked the camera down so you could have people cut away in the background in two different shots and you never notice. Um, it, it was still kind of a scary time as far as, you know, the Bologna virus, <laughs> just like we like to call it. It's like, was this real? What's going on here? So uh, anyways, yeah, that's that was like the, the biggest hiccup so far. We hadn't really tour, planned on doing much touring until now, um, until the album came out. We were supposed to be starting in Europe uh, June 29th. And obviously, all that got postponed until 2021. So, uh, yeah, it, it, right away, it started affecting us. And uh, everything's still really uncertain. And we really don't know don't know what the hell's next other than everything being, you know, rebooked next year. I mean, we could literally have still another 10 months off. Yeah, it's kind of bizarre to think about, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really up in the air. Uh, we, we have some stuff that's still tentative. It didn't get postponed or moved. It's just on hold because everything's closed as far as like a club tour. Right. But our, our October tour is still on hold, technically. So uh, that's about all the news I have. <laughs> it's going to be a motherfucker once they finally open things up and then everybody's trying to book a tour at the same time. You know? Yeah, there's going to be a lot of traffic, yeah. but... Uh, Dr. F and I are, have been joking. It's going to be like the Roaring Twenties all over again, man. <laughs> a lot of drinking, a lot of loose women. Look out. <laughs> be playing speakeasies. Um, you know what? That, that We had that conversation, too. <laughs> <laughs> you can just make your own tour. Make your own uh, tour itinerary. Play living rooms. You know, keep it, keep it grassroots, I guess. Yeah. No, the speakeasy thing, that was a real conversation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, man. Um, thank you for taking the time to have this conversation. Uh, like we said, the record comes out June nineteenth. Napalm, right? Napalm Records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been great to us too, man. We, it's our first album out with them, and uh, they're they're killing it over there, man. They they've really got their their shit together. Awesome. Well, hey, uh, I'm looking forward to people hearing it, and uh, good job on it. Right on, man. Thank you for your time today, and thanks for the kind words on the record, man. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Take it easy.
So there you have it. That was my conversation with Skinny Mac of Mushroomhead, the drummer of Mushroomhead, if I didn't mention that before, though I think I did. Um, and I think he mentioned it a couple times. So God damn it, you know what instrument he plays. Uh, clearly, though, the only original member of the band, so he's been the guy running the show for quite a while now. And good for him. He's kept that thing uh, pretty pretty impressive. You know, when you look at the whole you look at the whole production of Mushroomhead, that's, that's where you get impressed. You might not like the sound. You might not like... Uh, the aesthetic but when you put it all together um and you consistently put it all together for that long of a period of time and you build a fan base fan base the way they have you got to be impressed you might hate it but you got to be impressed and if you got people hating you for that type of shit well then you're doing something pretty fucking good all right so uh that's it for that's it for mushroom head on this one that last song you heard there that was the heresy we talked a little bit about that that's the one they recorded vocals in in, 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 in and at abbey road well, before I trip over more words, let's just go into the next interview right away. Let's get into this one. This one is with uh, Will Hinkle of LMI. The song that we're going to start this one is off of Excess Subconsciousness. Excess, sub- Excess Subconscious. I'm going to say it wrong every time. Um, it's called No Strings. And then here's my conversation with Will.
Hey, Will. It's Dan. Hey, how's it going? Good. How you doing? Doing pretty good. Let's get into shit. Your name is Will, okay. and you are in L- yes. LMI, right? Yes. What What is LMI? Uh, we're a punk band from Lansdale, Pennsylvania. And I think you told me before. I guess punk hardcore. What, what does LMI stand for? Uh, lazy middle class intellectuals. I like it. That's uh, was it. Was that inspired by anything like DRI or you know some of the some of the more uh, yeah I don't know what, what, who else is up there RKL. Yeah, it's a it's a t- reference from a Bad Religion song. Okay. What song? Yeah, Twenty First Century Digital Boy. Okay, I know that song very well. I don't know the lyrics apparently, but I do know that song for sure. That's one. <laughs> that's that would be one of the Bad Religion classics, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think it was on Stranger in Fiction. Yeah. Yeah, it was Stranger in the Fiction. Um, I think so. Uh, I, I probably would have said no control, but I probably would have been wrong. Um, it, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the, the, some of those songs from that that era of Bad Religion kind of blend together, but in a good way. Like I, I love that. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I think they might be a band who hasn't had a bad album. They've had some kind of boring albums, maybe. Say, just in the fact yeah. that they've been the same. This is the same shit over and over again. But yeah, yeah. but they've overall. been doing it for like thirty years. So. <laughs> yeah, unless you really mix up the sound, you're not going to get much. You know, much variation. Yeah, um, very true. I. S- Mm-hmm. So, so you've been a band though for quite a while, right? Yeah, ten, we celebrated our ten-year uh, anniversary at the beginning. Of, it was right before the quarantine, at the beginning of March. Gotcha. So, when when you started LMI ten years ago, what was the um, what was the intention with this band? Uh, I think really all we wanted to do was just write songs and play shows. It'd be cool. Like we wanted to tour, but since we were all, we were all in high school, so yeah, we really had no idea how to go about that. So it was just really just playing shows and writing songs. And I've seen th- that you've you've been able to to play a lot of shows and do a lot of touring. Um, but I also don't. That, you, you've put out a few records, right? Yeah, this new record coming out will be our third album, third full length. Yep. Cool. Um, and I've seen I've, I've seen the other ones. I've listened to I've listened to quite a quite a bit of your stuff. Um, and oh, thank you. I, the I, I like your sound, but I don't know how I would like you said. It's a punk band. Maybe it's a hardcore punk band. Maybe it's punk hardcore. Whatever. But like, there's a lot of different sounds happening. Um, where are you guys drawn from when you when you started LMI? What did you want to sound like? Uh, I guess like a lot of the bands we listen to, like Bad Religion and. I guess no effects, leftover crack. Like when we first started and then would branch into like bands like Cancer Bats and Gallows and then go further and listen to like more like Converge and then some like more stoner metal stuff like Red Fang and like Bison BC and stuff. Mastodon too, probably. Right. And so it's, it's kind of like for a while we called ourselves stoner punk just because it was like we all liked stoner metal, but we were a punk band. Right. And there's not there's not a lot of people out there doing that and mixing those two sounds. I don't know. I'm gonna say two sounds. Those those kinds of sounds together. And I think that's what makes LMI sound pretty unique. Um, but it, but like when I listen to it, I can't put my finger. Like I can't think of a band that you guys sound like, which is which is a good thing. You know that's yeah. yeah like, um, and I see that you've been you've like based on who you've shared the stage with, it's kind of given you. Um, it's kind of given you the the ability to transcend between genres, which I assume has had to have yeah. been a benefit. 
Yeah, like most of the shows we play with bands that are more like known, it was always pretty much mainly metal bands. Like sometimes we'll get to play with punk bands, but it's usually like metal bands. And do you do what for you guys? Um, you guys, you're from Lansdale, right? Yes. Yeah, and that's, I mean, Lansdale has, I mean, I'm a Pennsylvania guy, so I'm aware of, like, the Lansdale hardcore scene at one time was, was uh, yeah. pretty pretty notable. Um, did you grow up in that area during that time? Uh, I grew up, it was, like, kind of a little bit afterwards. Like, are you thinking, like, the Dysphoria yeah, yeah. into, like, CDC and those bands? Right. Yeah, like, those guys are kind of like the generation before we're on that. So I was familiar with those bands. I got to see some of them. But I've, it was definitely, it took me a little while to find those bands, definitely. Like, I didn't even know there was a scene until maybe I was probably like 16. And I found out about like CDC and like Leavenworth and the Minor Times and stuff. So what were, what were the local bands that you grew up going to see? Or came up going to see? Definitely, there was a band called Ladder Devils. Yeah. who were some of the guys in a band called Minor Times. Like I used to, they were one of my favorites to see. And then, of course, I saw CDC like a few times. Saw Dysphoria. Uh, hmm. There's another band called Wives who were they were like a noise rock band in the same vein as Ladder Devils, and I used to go to see them a lot too. I pretty much since in Lansdale there was enough shows. At least at that time, there was enough shows where you could go to like every show that was happening in town. Cause it wasn't like every day or every right, weekend. Right. It was like maybe once a month. So it was, you got to see like a ton of different bands. Yeah. And I, f- I feel like, um, the shows there did have some variety. And I, I mean, I think I've played a show or two in Lansdale. I, I think that I, I want to say the Lansdale VFW, the, the, yeah. the, the animal house record release show was there. Yeah. I was at that show. Yeah. I played that show. Um, Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that one, but even like the, that one, for example, that one, that was a lot of variety on one on one show. That was like ten bands who all had uh, yeah, yeah. there were similarities, but there was there was enough differences on there too. And that was both yeah. most mostly local people too. Yeah, that's true. And I was guess that, that five dollar fest. Yes, I think that probably was. Yeah. Okay. I was like, I definitely remember that. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess that would have been that would have been quite a while ago at this point. That would have been. 2011 yeah. or 12 that's almost 10 years ago shit <laughs> yeah i think it might yeah definitely like 2012 or something yeah um so do you remember what you do you remember what your first show was locally locally yeah or any, any uh, not even was, anything if it was big that I counts guess, too the first show I ever went to that was local was i think common enemy play in lansdale and i went to that show and then i guess like bigger show wise I saw Weird Al when I was like fifteen. <laughs> I love hearing Actually, those first I was, ones. I was probably like fourteen. Yeah, that's, that's, that one that was it was okay. Yeah, no, it's funny because like my if you ask me like my my first concert was the the '90s uh, R and B group All for One. You know, they, they had their big hit that's was sick. I Swear. You know. Uh, but like so, so everybody has like those those weird ones. Um, but the the local ones, and, and Common Enemy, Common Enemy, shit. I don't know if they're still around, but they were around for and, and a, a big band locally for a while there. Um, yeah, they put out a lot of records too. That was that was a very active band for a long time. And I don't know if they ever got the credit for what yeah. they were playing, but they were they were, they were cool. Um, yeah, they, I mean they got to do a bunch of shit. Yeah, yeah, and and you've so 
you've been able to take LMI pretty far and you've got it, but I feel like you've done it pretty quietly. How did you, you've mentioned before that you guys toured a bit. How did you end up going on these tours? And is this stuff that you set up yourself? Yeah, I do all the booking and everything. So when was it that but, you first uh, hit the road? Uh, maybe 2014, I think. But it was like, that was around the time our first album came out. We just did like an East Coast into the Midwest. It wasn't anything super long. Like yeah. we did our first full U.S., I want to say in like 2017. And what's that like setting up a, a full U.S.? Is that Are you doing that based on, on your network, on just like your personal network of people you know? Uh, it's like partially that. Cause I mean, most of it, I didn't know anybody in like half the places. I kind of just had to look around and see what I could find. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, for, for LMI. So like, I don't you guys, how much of a following would you say you guys have? Like if you go to play a place, do you expect to be playing to, to be a new band to all the people there? Uh, if it's like on tour, then definitely. Cause right. I feel like it's one of those things where we don't come through. Like if we played in LA, it's like we played LA like a couple times, but it's not enough for us to be like, Oh yeah, we got this great following. It's like, we've only yeah. been here like <laughs> twice and both times was completely different lineups. Right. Well, you, are you going to, I guess you could, you can't have any touring lined up right now. Can you? Well, we're supposed to go on tour in July. And of course that's not going to happen. Yeah. And that was going to be to, to, um, promote this new record you got coming out. By the way, what's the name of the new record? The new record's called Excess Subconscious. Okay, that's what I thought. And that's coming out on what, Handstand and something else? Yeah, Handstand and Maniacs Records. It's coming out June 26th. Okay. So, so, that's, so that's, a, that's a U.S. label and a, a Europe label, a European label? Yep. And what are, you guys, yep. what are you guys doing for this? Are you doing like physical, digital? What's happening here? As of right now, it's just we have an LP and it's going to be digital. We're going to get CDs, but that's probably not going to be till the fall. Yeah. Do you, so as of right now, LP and digital. For, okay, so I'm a guy who buys, I buy LPs and I buy CDs, though less at less uh, frequency. Do you? I do the same thing. Do um, oh, how, what am I trying? To, how am I trying to say this? Do you? Do people still buy? I don't know. Like when you, like CD. Like I, I, I think CDs are still a reasonable option, right? But I feel like nobody buys yeah. fucking CDs anymore. Um, are they? Yeah. Do they sell well? They. I feel like with CDs, you can sell them cheaper. Yeah. So that has an advantage to it, but you can also sell tapes cheaper than that. And I feel like, I feel like with CDs, if we sell them, it's like we'll sell a bunch at once. It'll be like one show where like a bunch of people bought CDs. Yeah. Well, the tape thing, but uh, the tape thing, like I, I was, I was into the tape, tape collecting for years, and then one day I just sold them mm-hmm. all, and now I see them. <laughs> now I see it's a thing again. I mean, not, not like it's a new thing. Now I see that you know, I see everybody really still releasing shit on cassette. I'm like, man, I kind of wish I was still doing that, but at the same time, you know, fucking records and CDs, that's enough. Yeah, <laughs> I don't need, I don't need a third. Yeah, format. exactly. <laughs> Um, it's not even like they sound good anyways. No, yeah, yeah. It's, well, shit, I mean, right now I've been listening to, I've, since we started this uh, this working from home, quarantine shit, whatever we call it, uh, shelter, I don't know, what, what's the phrase, uh, social distancing? 
stay at home. I, yeah, oh, stay yeah. at home, stay at home. So we've been trying to, I, I've been trying to listen to all of my records in my record collection. Like every, I have, I printed out spreadsheets and every day I listen to, oh, wow. I listen to a new record, like I try to listen to as many records as possible without repeating any. And I made it to like, yeah. I made it to like 550 so far. Um, but, Dang. but in this, at, at this point I've gone through two, well, I, I had my original, like, you know, standalone record player. Uh, but that, that broke, I broke that. And then I tried to get another one to replace it. And that one sounded like shit. So I sent it back and now I got a third one in and this one sounds like oh, shit, man. but I can't send it back because it just, it's, I, I need to listen to something, you know? So, yeah, exactly. but it's, but it's funny how quickly, um, you kind of get over the shitty quality. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, you just get used to it. Yeah. Like I'm aware of it, but I'm just like, all right, whatever. This is, you know, that's, yeah. I can't keep doing this. But I, uh, I have the same thing with my record player. It's like one of the speakers is like blown out. And I still have not changed it. I'm just, oh, I got the one. It works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It may, you make do. Well, wait, so with, when this comes yeah, out, exactly. um, has, has there been any delays uh, as far as the physical uh, production of the LP and CD? Oh, you said the CD's not until fall. No. So. Yeah. The CD's, yeah, the CD got delayed, but the LP, we got lucky just because we, I think we ordered it at like the beginning of the year. So okay. it was before everything with coronavirus, so we got lucky. Right. So that means you've been sitting on these songs for quite a while? Yeah, we've been sitting, I think it would have been like a little over a year that we had this LP recorded. Yeah, like beginning of May, we went into the studio last year to record it. Okay. All right. So is this the, are you, is the band currently in the same lineup? How is, has the band been the same lineup the entire time or is it just you? Uh, it's been it's been me and our bass player Brando and our drummer Kevin. Yeah, it's just been us three the entire time. Oh, that's nice for ten years. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, Definitely worked out. Yeah. So with, with are you? So you've had a ton of time, obviously, to listen to these songs. Do you listen to your own music? No, never. You I don't <laughs> really. I only listen to it. I only listen to my own music if it's like for the mixes and stuff. Like once once everything's mastered and good to go, I don't touch i can't even like when we got the test presses it was like it was difficult for me to listen to it i didn't want to listen <laughs> well like all right i i understand it to a degree i mean having i've i've had records too and like you know there's you you hear shit that nobody else is ever going to hear or nobody else is exactly. ever going to pick out and you just and it bothers the shit out of you right um yes but totally but also also that. same thing with this like i i'm not going to listen to my own podcast episodes like i have but I can't. I'm not. Yeah. Gonna, I can't listen to myself have a con. It's really hard to listen to yourself. Like if you try to listen to this when this comes out, it's awkward as shit to listen to yourself have a conversation. Yeah, you're like I had this conversation. <laughs> I remember it. Well, yeah. then you know, everybody's, it's just like, oh, my, my voice sounds weird. Why do I fucking sound like that? You know, you kind of yeah. you, you nitpick your own shit. But um, yeah. But so when you listen, when you, because you don't want to listen to your own music, is it because you like obviously you like the music you're playing, right? Or you wouldn't play it. Yeah, yeah. So what do you exactly. think it is? Is it just like a is it just you'll pick out all the all the all the all the shit you don't like about it? Yeah, I'll pick out all the shit I don't like about it and I feel like if I listen to I'd rather just listen to something else cuz it's like if you oh hey you're listening to a song and then you kind of get inspired to write a riff or something it's like I'm not going to get inspired to write music off of my own music. Yeah, that's very true. So it's kind of like I'm just going to I'd rather listen to something else. 
And I get, yeah, like mainly I just get too nitpicky and I just don't like hearing my own voice. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> well this, that, that song you just, you guys just put out, Ghost Teeth, um, mm-hmm. that's, that, is that your voice? Yeah, that's me the whole time. That's you the whole time. So you, I feel like maybe you correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like I didn't hear those vocals you were doing in the beginning of that song in the other in the older shit. Or did I just miss it and think that was somebody else then? Uh, I mean, we didn't. I didn't start doing like the deeper vocals and stuff till our the EP that we put out before this record. Okay. Okay. And is that like? Wh- yeah. Every- go ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, no, no. You go. Um, is that is. Is that like a thing, like one of the, I, I feel like you, you guys have had a, I mean, rightfully so, you've had a bit of an evolution in your sound. Is that, was that a thing that you, when did you decide you wanted to do those heavier vocals, those deeper vocals? Uh, I think it was more so because since I'm the only vocalist in the band, it was like, I can't just keep doing like the same kind of, like if I, there's gotta be some like variation or else it's just gonna, especially since, I mean, we've been a band for 10 years, we have these decent amount of releases now it's like i can't just keep doing the same vocal pattern style the whole time yeah well it works so i I had to change it up yeah and then i I also started listening to bands like there was a band i like called mammoth grinder if you know them yeah of course yeah like i really liked uh, their record cosmic crypt and he does like the deeper vocals the whole time and i was just like i'm just gonna try and do this nice i haven't heard them reference for a while i feel like yeah, they, they had a they had a couple of of big no, I wouldn't say you know big and big at their level records. I think there maybe some yeah. relapse stuff that you know went over well, but yeah, yeah. yeah. The last the, I know the most recent record was uh, relapse. I think they came out in like 2018, but they hadn't done anything for a while before then. Yeah, yeah. I remember coming across them on back when there was and maybe there, I'm sure there still is like blog blog pages that had like you know illegal down i guess they weren't illegal were illegal oh, I don't like, know. like files yeah yeah like yeah. oh god there was yeah, one exactly what I mean. christ all martyr martyr or something was the was the big one yeah <laughs> but you know for as for as uh as shitty that as that can be for bands it's also super beneficial i think that's where i found them and then i went and bought records you know what i mean so double yeah, exactly. sword, i guess but um with uh with LMI and with with your with with being a band for ten years and uh, having the same the same members uh, has I don't know has it been do you feel like it's been tough to get to gain legitimacy or I mean I, I don't even know what the fuck legitimacy really means when you're playing uh, punk hardcore hardcore punk whatever um, but do you feel like it's been hard to get eyes on LMI? Uh, at times, yeah. I feel like it's more so just with the sound that we have. Cause it's, like you're saying, we don't really sound like anybody. Yeah. So it's like definitely been mixed where there's times where it's like, oh, we'll play the show and we didn't think it was going to go well and it's with a bunch of hardcore bands, but then somehow it goes well and then we'll play with like, oh, we're playing with a bunch of like crustier bands and then they'll just fucking hate us. <laughs> and they'll be like, like you, you never really know unless it's like, okay, we're playing with all our friends so we know they're not going to hate us that much hopefully what has been the worst show experience you've had so far uh there's a couple that come <laughs> to mind the one i remember we played in this basement and uh there was like it was a bunch of people hanging outside and they all wanted to see the band that went on before us and that band went on and everyone had brought like glass beer bottles yeah 
to the show and just smashed all like everybody had smashed them all on the floor. And we watched, it was like, I was just watching in the back, like Jesus fucking Christ. Like I got to play the, everything's just like, there's just glass, broken glass all over the floor. And then we went and put our ant like, so we're like, all right, it's our turn to go on. Everybody, nobody gave a shit by that point. They were all just hanging out outside. And then we set up our stuff and then both me and our bass player blew out our amp heads. <laughs> so we got to play like two songs to like four people. And it was just like, God damn, this is not, not worth it. Not ideal. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it could have been worse. No, it couldn't have been worse. That shit was, <laughs> it was definitely, yeah, not the best. I, I've, we had to play a show the next day too. So that was not fun. Uh, so it was out on tour. No, I mean, we just had, I think we just had a couple shows that weekend. Oh, I just okay. remember having to call my friend at like 9 a.m. and be like, let me borrow your iPad, please. <laughs> That's pretty bad. I I I I think one of the one of the worst that I personally played might have been in Lansdale. I feel like it was on the second floor. Really? I think it was on the second floor, and it was with it was a really weird mixed bill band or show. I want to say like Gloominous Doom played. Uh, oh, was this a third in Walnut? Yeah, yeah, it was. I I fucking know that show. And I, I don't know if I was there. I, I played that know. one. Or my band Pleasant Living played that one, and we had only been out for we only had a record out for what a couple weeks or something, and we came up because I forget who booked it, Soda I think, and uh, yeah, and there was just nobody at this. <laughs> there was nobody there in, in that giant room. There was nobody there, and like halfway oh, through man. one of our songs, I mean there was like a couple of our friends watching, but halfway through in the middle of our song, I like had this like I got so lightheaded singing that I literally start like half of my body started to collapse and I had to sit, I had to sit like I had, I never experienced anything like it. Like half my body went numb and like everybody thought I was like making some joke, like by collapsing and I had to like sit down and finish the song. And then at the end they were like checking my blood sugar and like it was, and (laughs) it's just, it was just, it was like, fuck, we drove up here from Baltimore to have a fucking seizure on stage to nobody and oh that, my God. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so but but the, but that's but i remember that show very well whether it was good or bad you know that was that's one that sticks in the yeah. memory bank <laughs> we just played with gluminous the last show we played in lansdale was, was with gluminous doom actually that's a very different band right there that yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> well so um so what so so exact ex, well sorry excess excess subconscious um, yeah, you've been sitting on these songs for a while. You're going to release it June 26th. You already put out that song yeah. Ghost Teeth. Um, are yeah. you? And you, you've mentioned you're going to you're going to release a new track soon. How's the? What's coming next? Uh, we got another song coming on Tuesday. Through uh, yeah, wait, one more song and then we'll just do like an album stream. Right. And wh- wh- where where can people go to find that? I mean, this will this will come after that. So. Yeah, it's going to be on uh, New Noise Magazine. It's going to oh, be premiering awesome. it on Tuesday. Cool. Do you guys, do you personally, do you do all your own uh, uh, PR stuff? Yep. Yeah, I do all that. So you do all the PR, all the booking. Do you record the ba- yeah. your band as well? No, I don't record. I mean, I write everything, but right. I, don't, I, I'm, I don't think I could record it. I get too annoyed. <laughs> so how, so you, you kind of become like the, the, 
the figure behind LMI, like you take care of all the dirty work, I guess? Yeah, I mean, I, I consider myself the front man, so. Right. Is this something, do you enjoy that responsibility? Yeah, it's like, I don't really do anything else, so it's, <laughs> I don't mind it. <laughs> nice, that, that that's, you know, that's there's a lot of uh, handling behind the scenes shit with this, too. And I actually, sometimes, yeah. sometimes that's more fun, more enjoyable. You know, yeah, and, I, I and I don't know why, but it's just, but it's just, you know, it's when when it's all working. When it's not working, it's a pain in the ass. But you know, yeah. Um. So when this when this record comes out, and you're not going to be able to play shows, well, probably who knows? Who the fuck knows? I mean, the end of the month, who, what what the hell can happen since then? Actually, I don't know. What, yeah. Like, so Lancaster, we just went to Yellow yesterday, right? We did went entered this Yellow oh, phase. Really? Are are you guys Yellow? orange green red whatever the fuck we are i think we're yellow we just went yellow on like friday because i know people can hang out outside of bars now okay yeah that's what i mean i meant yes yeah that's that's what that's what i did friday night it was like oh let's go let's walk up to the bar up the street and <laughs> have, yeah, exactly. have dinner um so yeah so i don't even know if when when in pennsylvania when the counties go green if they're allowed for you know shows of any type i doubt it and i, I don't know how willing to go people are going to be um so with with yeah. kind of with with the opportunity to have like a record release show kind kind of off the table and uh there you can't tour what do you what are you looking forward to with the release of excess subconscious uh, we're going to do a live stream on the June 26th. That'll be, okay. I guess the day I wouldn't consider it the record release, but it, I guess it is a record release. Yeah. So we'll be doing a live stream then. And then I figure like we have another album release show planned for the fall. So I feel like I, I mean, who honestly knows, but yeah. if we can at least get stuff going by the fall, then we'll probably just be playing our asses off at that point. Well, good. Uh, at least getting out there a little bit, um, and yeah, and um, so, oh, okay, so oh no, I I know where I wanted to go. So you said it's coming out on Handstand Records, and I'm sorry, what was the other one for Europe? Maniacs. Maniacs. How'd you get hooked up with these record labels? I haven't heard of either of them. Uh, Handstand. I know I had met the guy who runs Handstand just because he had, the label we had done stuff with before called Killer Toku Records trades records with this guy. Okay. And I pretty much had just saw that he had a couple of our records, and eventually I just hit him up, because we'd had the album done. And I hit him up, and he was interested in putting it out, and he knew the guy who runs Maniacs Records. Like, I've I've talked to that guy maybe once or twice, but he's the one who knows him better than I do, and he was able to work something out with him, too. Cool. Are, is it, are either of them doing, or are you guys doing any sort of pre-order for the record, or you know where can, where can people yeah. go get it? You you can pre-order the record at uh, handstandrecords.com or at Maniacs Records. I think it's .com or .eu. It's one of them. If you look up Maniacs Records LMI on Google, it'll show up. <laughs> that's that's the easiest way to do it. I try to yeah, you know, I try I try to say this shit like the the podcast stuff at the end of every episode. And I've you know I've been doing it. This week was like 124 episodes, right? So I do I've done it plenty of wow. times. I've done it plenty of times, and I can't fucking get it right anymore. I feel like I was so much better at it when I first started doing it. For now, just to, for me to like tell people what the Instagram tag is, like I can't even I can't get it out. Which is why that was <laughs> ironic. I didn't mean to say that, but yeah, or that was yeah. 
Uh, but but uh, yeah, so the be- the best way often is just to fucking Google it yourself, you know? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so that's I, how I do it anyway. Yeah. Do Do you have? A, I want to get some questions in about about this record. Do you have a favorite song or track on this record? Uh, and I know you don't listen, so maybe just for the, think, just to play. Uh, I like. Uh, we have a song on it called "Pulse of Ruin." I really like that. I think that song really came out well i like i think new strings also is another song we've been playing that live for a little bit but i think that one's really good as well as uh maybe tomorrow midnight so those three are probably my favorites cool and for people who like we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up here but for people who don't who i mean I'm, i'll play some lmi stuff so people know but for people who don't know mm-hmm. um lmi and even even after what we talked about here how would you describe your sound other than naming genres like other than saying that's hardcore punk or hardcore punk metal. What would you, how would you describe it? I guess. Uh, hmm. <laughs> Maybe just a heavy band, I guess an angry heavy band. There we go. There we go. That works. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, Hey, well, thank you for taking the time to do this, especially right now. Um, I know it was a little, yeah, dude, little rare to 10:30 a.m. on Sunday morning, but it worked. I'm cool with it. I usually would still be sleeping. Now I'm like actually really? awake. This is sick. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm glad Thank you, you woke for up for me. It. Yeah, of course. And I'm looking forward to hearing the rest of this record. Yeah. Thanks, man. All right, man. Take care. You too. Hey. See ya.
So there you have it. That's Will Henkel of LMI, Lower Middle Class Individuals, Intellectuals. That's what it is. Lazy Lower Middle Class Intellectuals of Mommy's Own Volume or something like that. You know that Bad Religion song. I looked it up, by the way. It's on Against the Grain, but it's also on Stranger Than Fiction. That's why Bad Religion confuses people, because they're smarter than you, and they know it. Um, anyway, uh, thanks to Will for having that conversation. And if you haven't checked out that record yet, please do. It's a very good record. I think it's a record that's going to fly under a lot of radars because it's just that type of music. It's kind of hard to define. It's kind of hard to find that fan base. But I think that's one of the cool things about this type of music, about LMI, is that they fit into all sorts of different holes. They're a... Um, they're a square peg in a bunch of round holes, a round hole in a bunch of square pegs. They're a really small peg that fits in almost any hole. All right, that's something they could put on there for fans of small pegs that fit in most holes. Yikes, what does that mean? I don't know. Don't dig too deep into that. Um, but that's going to be it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking through two episodes. It makes it two, two interviews. It makes it, it makes it for a little bit of a longer episode, and I think that's okay sometimes. Um, if you're used to the podcast, then you know to go to at getting underscore it underscore out underscore podcast. I got to get used to posting uh, playlists again. I, I stopped doing that for a while for whatever reason, but I'm, I'm back on it. Weekly playlists coming every week on Spotify. You got to go to Spotify and type in getting it out playlist, and it'll show up. I guarantee it'll show up maybe. I don't know. Who knows how that stuff works? Go to the Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash getting it out playlist. And there's Twitter at getting it out pod. Um, that's it for this week. I'm going to end this one with uh, a song from ingested, which is a British death metal band. Um, let's just leave it at that. Check out ingested. The song is called no half measures and, uh, you might like it. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Take on me
the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.